Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Thank you, Haley. It's Wednesday. Wait, what? Wednesday? That's right. We're coming out Wednesday early this week. It's August the 30th, 2023. Episode number 237 is coming at you. No podcast last week. There was no racing for me. Uh, I actually took the weekend off, enjoyed my birthday with some family, and then uh, came back up to Wisconsin and watched some sprint car races at Wilmot Raceway and got to see a former flat tracker, number 19, Ian Steer, got to race his sprint car and uh, he missed the main event by one, struggled a little bit. It was a big night of racing, so there was a lot of heavy hitters there, but uh, he missed the main by one. He sent me a message, said, sorry, I suck for you. I'll do better next time. In the meantime, I've been getting ready for four days of racing in Springfield, Illinois. Thursday is District 17, which is an AMA race, and it's also an AMA Vintage National short track. And it, if you've not been to the Springfield Multipurpose Arena, you need to check it out. They put the roof back on it, so I can't wait to see it. Uh, the track there has always been phenomenal. The track crew does a wonderful job, and I can't wait to go back to the Springfield Multipurpose Arena. Friday is the AMA All-Star Race, which is, you know, if you if you don't know what Steve Nace Racing is all about, it's basically you got AFT, and then right below AFT, in my opinion, would be Steve Nace Racing. Uh, there's some other promoters out there that are pretty close as well, but Steve Nace is like a feeder series to American Flat Track. I know, like I said a moment ago, there's some other series out there that are gaining traction, get a lot of racers, and uh, Steve Nace just always does a wonderful job uh, getting the tracks ready to go. Uh, he'd rather spend the time and make sure the tracks are fast and safe for all the racers and for the fans. And then championship weekend, both classes for American Flat Track. Jared Meese looking for his ninth championship. Dallas Daniels looking for his first in the premier class. And Cody Cop looking for his second straight in that parts limited AFT singles class. What's so special about the Springfield Mile? Well, to me, it's the most perfect racetrack out there. It's high speed. The dirt is really consistent most of the time. Sometimes Mother Nature plays uh, tricks on us and waters the track in certain places that uh, the rest of the tracks don't get. But most of the time, it's a perfect track. Each straightaway is a quarter mile, and turn three and four is a quarter mile. Turn one and two is a quarter mile, so it's symmetrical. Sometimes you can leave that throttle wide open, especially you know the first round of practice when the track is fresh. Sometimes later on when there's a, a huge wide blue groove, you can do that too. The only track that I ever went around wide open on, and, and if you've never done that before, it is a feeling like none other. Mission Super Twins, there are 28 entries, 10 Yamahas, 5 Indians, 5 KTMs, 4 Kawasaki's this time, 2 Harley-Davidson XG750's, and 2 Royal Enfields. So it's a very diverse field. But what I like to see is 28 total entries in the Mission Super Twins. Everybody wants to race Springfield. Parts Limited AFT Singles, 32 entries, 11 KTMs. How about this? 15 Hondas, 3 Husqvarna's, and then 3 Yamahas. And that kind of surprises me a little bit because our sport, like I've mentioned before on the podcast, is you know monkey see, monkey do. What's working for somebody has to work for me. And right now, you know, with the Yamaha team gaining traction especially in the singles class and dallas daniels won you know two championships in so many races on the yamaha how come there's not more yamahas in the singles class i'll let you ponder that super twins who's it going to be jared meese or dallas daniels coming into the weekend meese has a one point advantage he has eight wins 
13 podiums, including 12 in a row. He won Sacramento, DeCoin, and the Red Mile. So he's won every single mile this season. He's won four out of the last five miles, and he's won nine of the last 11 miles. The only one to beat him? Dallas Daniels. Dallas got his first mile victory last year at the Red Mile, and then he won also at Sacramento. So Dallas picked up two mile wins last year. That's good news for us fans going into the races this weekend. Perfect case scenario, one rider will win one day, one rider will win the next day, and then they'll have to sort it out how you finish, how the other rider finishes. But, you know, I think this is going to be one heck of a battle. Dallas is the last guy to beat Meese on the miles uh, again, so he can do it. He's got the confidence. If the track is wet and he can get the traction, I think that's good for the Yamaha. But it's not bad for the Indian either. So uh, I think it's going to be a pretty equal race. Earlier uh, in the week, we, we did see some, some stuff on Facebook saying that this is the closest battle in the points going down to the final weekend. Well, Bert Sumner sent me some stats, and it, it kind of is. The closest Grand National Championship battles entering the final round slash weekend. Four points, the difference going into the final round. 2021, Meese and Breyer. That was a pretty, pretty good battle. 91, Scotty Parker and Chris Carr. 1982, Ricky Graham and Jay Springsteen. 1980, Randy Goss and Hank Scott. Just two points separating the top two going into the final round. In 2016, Brian Smith and Jared Meese. In 1998, once again, Scotty Parker and Chris Carr. And just one point separating the top two riders this year. Jared Meese, Dallas Daniels. 2009, Sammy Halbert, Jared Meese. 1978, Jay Springsteen and Steve Eklund. And how about this? Two times the series has been tied going into the final race or the final weekend. 2006, Kenny Coolbeth Jr. and Chris Carr. And in 1981, Mike Kidd and my namesake, Gary Scott. So those are some interesting stats. You know, this is the second closest championship battle going to the final weekend. There are two races, you know, and there's 50 points up for grabs. So anything can happen. We know both Dallas and, you know, Jared have been on the podium almost every single race. You know, Meese missed the podium by falling off at Arizona. And Dallas, you know, missed the podium uh, by falling off also, you know, just one time. That's all it takes. Basically, the difference is when Jared fell off, he got sixth, got himself up and kept going. And when Dallas fell off at Peoria, he got up, restarted seventh and worked his way up to fifth. So, you know, first, seconds. You know, Meese has a few fourth place finishes, but Meese has more victories. That's why he's in the points lead. Shifting gears to the AFT singles class, Cody Cop lost his 50-point advantage at Castle Rock. Had a bad night, and that can happen. Uh, I think everybody should get a mulligan. I mean, a mulligan by salvaging a 10th place finish. His point lead went from 50 down to 35, but he's been pretty consistent. Uh, they mentioned earlier this season, they told us that the KTMs, they're not going to try to overdo them. They're not going to try to push them too far because they'd rather finish than blow up and not get a finish. So I like that. It helps sell more motorcycles. But Cody Cops, you know, the point leader, has got to be the favorite for the championship. Uh, the two guys favorite for the win for the mile have to be Trevor Bruner, who's second in the point standings. He has two wins on the season, five podiums. Tom Drain sitting back there third in the points, 44 points behind Cody Cop. He has three wins and eight podiums in his first full season. 
Chase Sadoff is in fourth with 56 points behind the leader. Seven podiums, still looking for his first win. I think this would be a great weekend for, for Chase to get his first win on a mile in his home state. That'd be pretty cool. And Max Wales sitting back there in fifth, but he is 64 points, and he only has one win this season and only three podiums. So Max's season didn't go as planned. Tom Drain won the Sacramento Mile and the Decoy Mile, and Trent Lowe, who I haven't mentioned yet, he won the Red Mile earlier this year. So I think, you know, Bruner and Drain have to be the favorites going into this race. Like I said, I'd love to see Chase get his first win. You can't count out Trent Lowe. The Yamahas are fast. Drain and you know actually Bruner is fast too. He's he's won several miles out at Sacramento, so you can't count him out. Um, and just the Yamahas are, are fast on the miles. Period. In the news, just released earlier today, actually Wally Brown Racing is teamed up with JMC Motorsports team for this weekend, which means JV20 Jared Vandekoy is going to be on a KTM. That could be a pretty lethal combination. And to follow up with that. You know, I didn't mention who's going to win the mile. I, you know, I think in the Super Twins class, I think it's got to be, you got to count Mies up there. You've also got to count, you got to count on Dallas Daniels being up there. J.D. Beach is good. This is a track that's closest probably to a road race. You know, especially if it grooves up, J.D. should be up there. And then if the, depending on what the track does, Breyer should be very strong. And now Jared Vandekoy should be strong on the Wally Brown Racing KTM as well. And kind of a, a secret fast guy I think that we don't really talk about enough is Brandon Robinson on the 44. He can sneak up there, get in the thick of things. So what would be interesting to see is if the championship contenders go one and three or one and four, you know, or two and six or two and five, you know, that would make it very interesting for the next day. And then we'll see if there's any team orders, you know, does, is anybody going to help me out? Is anybody going to help out Dallas Daniels? You know, I think JD's there to win the race. We saw that at Peoria, you know, if it was a, if it was a team order thing, Peoria would have been the place for him to just, you know, pull over and let Dallas go on through and take the win. So I don't think there's team orders over there at the Essence and Yamaha team. I think they want to win. I know they want the championship because it's been a long time since Yamaha's won a championship, like 25 years, maybe even longer than that. So I don't think there's any team orders over there, but I know they want the win and I know they want the championship. Also in the news this week, Back on Track is going to have a humongous sale. They're bringing everything in the warehouse to sell at the Springfield Mile. I hope I get a chance to see some of it. I'd love to get some memorabilia, you know, just to put on the walls of my house because I can't ever have enough of that. Of course, the th favorite thing I like collecting is helmets. And my second favorite thing I like collecting is number plates. So I'll be over there checking it out and see if I can take some of that home. And also in the news, kind of in the news, but it's news to me. So it's going to be news to you. I recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago, actually, when we were celebrating my birthday in Oklahoma City. And it was Haley and my girlfriend Michelle's idea to ask me questions. So they wrote down some questions. I grabbed the microphone. We actually used Haley's computer, uh, went into the guest bedroom at Haley and her husband Tyler's house and and just had some fun. And I put that out earlier today just for the patrons. And if you don't know what a pat patron is, it's somebody that sponsors the podcast on Patreon. And there's a link in my Instagram account and probably somewhere in Facebook too if you want to learn how to be a patron. Any amount is appreciated. It's not why I do the podcast but it definitely helps to pay for some of the things I, I do use here on the podcast. And I'm going to try to keep making this podcast better and better. I'm glad it's back. I shared the uh, 
Patreon link just to Carter because I wanted to show him what I did and and he loved every second of it. So I hope you guys love it too. All the patrons, you've already got it. Hopefully you can enjoy it and I hope it was something fun and something different for you. I did get a note earlier this week from Brent Pierce. Uh, He's the photographer that actually lives right near Lima, Ohio and He went to the races at the Tim Best Memorial Half Mile in Greenville, Ohio, featuring the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series, and they had a $10,000 purse money up for grabs. He sent me some results and and sent me a little write-up. He said, I'm not a good good writer, but he gave me some, some, some things to go off of. So we'll go through the classes. I don't have all of the finishes, but, uh, you know, I hit some of the highlights. 65cc class, Logan Higgins taking the win. Ty Whitcroft was second. Mason Conant was third. In the 85cc class, Logan Higgins, Bryson Porter, and Lucas Rutherford were the top three. And it was the same top three in the super mini class, Higgins, Porter, and Rutherford. In the 30-plus class, riders 30 years old and older, the ageless wonder Doug Davis taking the win. C.J. Weiniger taking second. Mike Ashton was third. Brian Moore was fourth. And Jason Bowers was fifth. In the 50-plus class, it was Doug Davis again doing double duty. Gets two victories. Mike Ashton was second. Rob Williams third. Tony Moore was fourth. And Dwayne Stanick was fifth. 250 amateur class, Slammin' Sam Drain, that's Tom Drain's little brother. He runs number seven because he loves Sammy Halbert. He took the win over Cody Mishy, who's an Ohio native. Cameron Smith was third. Carson Wilson was fourth. And Carter Wilson was fifth. Open amateur class, that was the Tim Best Memorial class. Levi Bendel taking the win over the butcher, Andrew Reichard. Trevor Martin was third. Johnny Boy, Jonathan Connaby was up there fourth. And Ethan Shoemaker was fifth. In the Open Vintage class, this is a rider that is from Three Rivers, Canada, came down. I screwed up his name every time I said it at the Barber Fritchie, but it's Yves Bozvert, B-O-I-S-V-E-R-T. I'm sure I said that wrong. That's I don't know how to speak French or Canadian, but Yves Bozvert taking the win. Tony Moore was second, C.J. Weiniger was third, Brett Bolas was fourth, and Kyle Long, used to be national number 32, was fifth. 450 amateur class. Trevor Martin taking the win. He is from right there in Greenville, Ohio. Levi Bendel was second. Seth Bendel was third. Those two are twins. Jonathan Connaby was fourth. And Austin Rutherford was fifth. The 60-plus class. Riders 60 years old and older. Rod Comer was the win. James White was second. Rick Reed chasing those states. He's raced in, I think, 41 states. Rick Reed was third. Denny Williams was fourth. And Dallas Mayer was fifth. The 40-plus class, Mike Ashton was your winner, Rod Comer was second, Brian Moore third, James White, and Daniel Wolf your top five. In the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series, it was old versus new Ohio riders. Old guys and the up-and-coming riders. However you want to look at that. Veterans, not-so-veterans up front, but Rotor from the back row had a problem in his heat race, pulled off and had to start the back row of the main event. Him and Johnny Bova had one heck of a battle, but it was Rotor taking the win. Johnny Bova was second. Chris Boone, guy I used to race against a bunch, was third. Joe Houston was fourth, and Steve Glasgow was fifth. There was nine bikes that made the main event in the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series, and all nine were Harley-Davidson's. In the open singles class, basically your open pro class, Tom Drain, the bomber, taking the win. Dominic Bolak was second. Used to be national number 30. Jared Lowe, the Jet, is fourth. Seth Bindle's fifth. Landon Kauzak, I'm sorry, Seth Bindle was fourth. 
Landon Kauzak was fifth, Jacob Vandekoy, that's Killswitch, was sixth, Aiden Brown, Kayla Martin, and Daniel Poole. What I liked about this class, folks, is the winners from Australia, Canadian second, Indiana, Ohio, New York, Kentucky, and South Carolina were all represented in this open singles class, open pro class, basically. So it's good to see we got riders from all around the world racing with us over here in the United States. I saw on social media, Carson City, Tandra Rush posted that Michael Enderbutzen taking the win, Kel Kochman was second, and Stevie Bonzi was third. We'll shift gears one more time to Hagerstown, Maryland. That was Corey Texter's race weekend. I don't have a lot of information. I got some stuff from Sammy Sabedra. Thanks, Sammy. But it was Trevor Bruner who won the Will Davis Dash for Cash on Friday night. Jared Vandekoy won that Dash on Saturday night. Trevor Bruner won both 450 and Open Expert races on Friday night. And Trent Lowe won the 450 class on Saturday night. And Bruner flat out smoked them in the Open Expert class on Saturday night. I did hear there was a few people getting injured. Hopefully, everybody's okay. One of those was Gabby Fanders, uh, Brayden Fanders' little sister, and I heard she got her first helicopter ride, and that's not the good way to get your first helicopter ride. So hopefully, they're all healing up. I think she's doing all right, but there was a few injuries, and you know when when you have a fast racetrack like that, things do happen, and Gabby said that somebody fell down right in front of her. A couple of them went down right in front of her. She had nowhere to go. I'm not sure about the other incidents, but hopefully all our downed riders are are healing up and on the mend, and maybe we'll see them at Springfield. Next weekend, I'll be headed to the sprint car capital of the world, Knoxville, Iowa. Matt George and Craig Delansky have teamed up to put on a race there on 9-9. That is next weekend. Also next weekend, Tulsa Speedway. It's a makeup race for the extreme races. They had uh, a race scheduled earlier this year, and it rained out. And I remember that's the weekend I was at Sycamore Speedway in Sycamore, Illinois. So uh, once again, I'm going to miss it. I hate missing races in my own home state, but I was already booked to go to Knoxville, Iowa. Also next weekend's the Donnie Bargeman Memorial Race at Pekin, Illinois, the Pekin Short Track. And one more race next weekend is Midland, Michigan. That is a half mile up there, and that's an RPM race. So there's a lot of racing. That's just four of the ones that I know of. I think there's others out there, so... Uh, There's all kinds of racing as we start wrapping up the 2023 season. Once again, I want to thank the patrons, people who have supported me from the get-go. I want to thank Jim and Pat for their support. I want to thank Tim at at Pro Plates. Tim takes care of me as far as my stickers and number plates go. And I just want to thank all the listeners. You know, I say it every week, but it, it does mean a lot to me. That's why I do it. It's for the listeners. I don't do it to become rich. I don't do it just because I like to hear myself talk because, honestly, I don't like listening to myself talk, but... I'll do it for you guys. I'll edit the podcast and try to keep putting it out. I'm sorry I missed it last week. I just didn't have a lot to say. There wasn't a lot going on. I know I'm going to have a lot to say next week because we'll talk about the championship that lies ahead of us at the Springfield Mile Weekend. That's all I got. I'm Scotty Dubler. We'll talk to you guys next week right here on the podcast, Off the Groove. (laughs) 